And we're back with So You Think You Know Sports. Uh, we concentrate on NBA, NFL, and sometimes UFC. Uh, today, we're getting into the the new landscape of the NBA uh, due to what happened in free agency. We thought all the moves were made, but Kawhi dropped the big bomb on us all. Uh, today, we're going to cover the NBA free agency, UFC matchups and outcomes uh, from this 4th of July uh, mayhem weekend, along with U.S. women's soccer. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and introduce the host. My name is Alex, and go ahead, Muhammad. you say something for him? I just want to say what's up to all the listeners. Uh, thank you for listening, and you can follow both of us on Instagram, Muhammad at Moe's underscore TV16 on Instagram. Oh, yeah. And we got other platforms, uh, YouTube, and, of course, the uh, podcast here. But we're going to jump straight into it because there is a whole brand new landscape to the NBA. Welcome to the new NBA. There is no super teams, but there is plenty of entertainment. Uh, the, the last ball we were looking for to drop was Kawhi and which team he would choose between the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Toronto Raptors. He kept playing bachelor and came out with the most unlikely outcome. I really couldn't believe it, but um, Kawhi dropped the bomb on us all and the NBA when he cho- chose the LA Clippers, uh, which doesn't have a great big legacy uh, at all, but he chooses the Clippers over the Lakers and also pulls Paul George out of a four-year contract that he was signed in with OKC. Uh, but um, when it comes to all of this, where all three teams had odds on getting Kawhi, does this new move make the Clippers the new team to be? Yes, it definitely does. For me, I think this puts the Clippers over the Lakers right now. I feel like they have the better supporting cast. The Lakers might have the better players as far as LeBron James and Anthony Davis, those two. But whenever you put Kawhi Leonard along with Paul George and the rest of that supporting cast, I feel like they are the better team. And they will be top three in the league as far as Western Conference. Okay, I, I hear you, but I can completely disagree because there is a new battle for L.A. And you know I'm down with the Lakers. With their last move since they did not get Kawhi, and uh, it's crazy how all of them had a about even odds when it come, came to getting Kawhi. But the Lakers, they picked up DeMarcus Cousins, who's a very underrated player right now, especially since he's already teamed up with Anthony Davis when it comes to the Pelicans. They also signed on Danny Green which he's about 50% shooting. He was second in shooting in, in the NBA last year. Also, Quinton Cook and Jared Dudley, uh, along with re-signing G- um, JaVale McGee, Rondo, and, of course, currently having Anthony Davis and LeBron, along with Kuzma. I don't okay. think they have the better team. Okay. Not to cut you off, but a few of those signings are kind of overrated. Jared Dudley, yes, he's a veteran, but he's really not that good. Um, Danny Green, good signing, but they paid too much for him. Two years, $30 million? No, you, you could have used agree. something else for that. Um, 
Javel McGee, you know, he'll be a good rotation player. He was before. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins, good move, really good move, but still not going to live up to what they want from him. So uh, I, 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 I just that. think the Clippers just have a better team. And as far as defense, oh, the Clippers are top-notch in defense. Now, I do have to say, I don't know if you know about this, but Avery Bradley is being mm-hmm. looked at for the Lakers. So oh, they already, are got, pretty much going to sign him. Okay. They did. Yeah. They did. Yeah, that's, you're, you're that's, also right. Yeah, that, that's a really good move for them. Um, he will be a good rotation player, maybe even a starter. So Yeah, we, he's going to we'll ride see. real hard for the Lakers. He's going to run a ride, ride real hard for the Lakers. He's actually his, uh, a Laker fan along with his father was a Laker, Lakers fan. His father passed away, but he paid very big homage towards his father when he got signed to the Lakers today. Um, but you're definitely right. The Clippers are going to be defensive, uh, like, kings out here. You have two of the best two-way uh, defenders, players, and the defenders with Paul George along with Kawhi. Then you throw in Patrick Beverly, who's just a monster at uh, irritating your best player. It, it, and then you throw in a little bit with the six-man, uh, Lou William. I, yeah, that, that that is a big thing to kind of overcome. But I think the Lakers still got it. Well, we, we will see. We will definitely see. I'll be excited to see who takes the crown for L.A. Um, hopefully it's as good as advertised, you know, because in the last episode I said most times the hype doesn't live up to what they present. But, you know, I, I feel like this will be – a better outcome this time around. Yeah, yeah, but how do you feel about how all of these teams kind of had a fair stake in this because uh, OKC reached out, well, Kawhi actually does do a lot of talking because he reached out to uh, KD, Kyrie, along with PG uh, to get them to come to the Clippers. So it kind of makes me feel like he wasn't trying to go to the Lakers. Well, we know he wasn't trying to go to the Lakers, but he really put the pressure on the Clippers because they they gave up almost everything. They gave up the leg, the arm, along with their own head. Five uh, first-round picks, all, four of them unprotected. Two uh, actual players, uh, Kildris Alexander, along with – I can't remember the other player. But they gave the up Nello seven Gallinari. pieces. There you go. Yeah. Seven pieces. It, it, it only lasted for a month where the Pelicans uh, ended up, well, the Lakers gave up the most for a player. And now you got PG getting even more for another. Yes. Team. Yes. Um, you know, really, you have to congratulate the Thunder for basically wagering, basically putting this over the Raptors and Clippers head. They basically played both of those teams against each other by well, saying, okay, I know the Clippers, they're offering us, but what are you going to offer us, Raptors, because we can do this trade. So they, they were going back and forth, and I feel like the Thunder got the best possible thing that they could have gotten. But I think the person who's really in control of all of this was really still Kawhi, because when he did, he got turned down by Kyrie, he got turned down by KD, and it probably went in a row of KD, then Kyrie, uh, and then it went to uh, PG, Paul George. Uh, well, when it came to that, he reached out to Paul George, and Paul George went to the front office and said, I want out, which, of course, we're going to talk about how bad it looks on 
your favorite player, Russell Westbrook. And I, I feel bad for him, but we'll we'll get to that later. Now he 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 pretty much demands a a trade and says, I'm not gonna make it messy right now. And they 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 were tight lipped with this. Then OKC offers Toronto PG and Westbrook for Pascal Siakam and probably a couple a couple picks. But they were saying no 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 deal. They could have had all three. But yes, that's that's crazy. And then they leveraged the uh, the Lakers against the Clippers, so they would even give up all of those picks for PG because. Who's which one you picking? If you get you got to give up a whole lot, you gonna pick AD or you gonna pick PG? Um, I'm gonna pick Anthony Davis. I I think <laughs> I think I don't know. Well, you got PG has two kind of two bad shoulders, and AD he's had been hurt before, but they, they their win percentage along really all four of them are in a big good uh, win percentage. Well, other than PG, but uh per game when it comes to affecting the player outcome they're pretty high up there i'm picking ad all day uh i don't know you look paul george has led a team far in the playoffs when has anthony davis ever done that oh that is a great argument i do have to give you that one i do have to really give you that one because i didn't see there being a good argument for why you would choose anthony davis with six Six, almost seven foot, maybe probably seven foot, fifty uh, percent shoot. Oh, sorry, a forty-seven percent shooter. Uh, now it, it's, I, you're right, uh, but I still would pick AD. I'm picking AD all day, and I'm gonna give you these comparisons of what we're about to see in LA. This is gonna be a great show in LA. They just traded out the young boys for all the veteran people for the LA uh, teams, but this is the best comparisons to something in the past. Kawhi and PG are the best, the closest representation of how Jordan and Pippen were. And I would say um, LeBron and AD are the best representation of Magic and James Worthy. That's the best. Those are the closest representations of like how these players are probably going to try to play with each other on the, on the same teams. Uh, just like Pippen and Jordan, their defense was great. Their front court it's held down. And along, you throw in Patrick Beverly, too. It's, it's crazy how defensive they're going to be there. Uh, but just to kind of uh, move it along, who do you think wins the battle of L.A.? Is it going to be the Clippers or is, it, is your bet on the Lakers? Now with the uh, roster you see in front of you. It's, it's kind of hard to say. Initially, I went with the L.A. Clippers and... I'm still going to go with the L.A. Clippers. I still feel like they have a better team. Mm. And in a seven-game series, they could probably overtake the Lakers. See, see, I think people are underestimating a certain fact. Uh, these are two players who actually do get hurt pretty often. Um, you have Mr. Load Management, and you have PG, who's, who's had his share of injuries. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Mr. Low Management, who created that? That would be the Spurs, actually. I would say that would be the Spurs. Well, but, okay, who's the one player that Kawhi. started it? I would really say it was the Spurs in general because they, they used to do low management for uh, Tim Duncan and uh, 
uh, their other players, Ginobili, and that's what they used to do. And then it, it uh, kind of trended into uh, Kawhi, and then it, the name got attached to him. That's where it really came from. Uh, I don't know about that. No, LeBron no, really, James look, look is the one who started this, as far as just as a player, just just the player who started it. When does he sit out games? He he's sitting out games. He's, the, he's at, at, the, at the end of the season. That that's not uh, the low management because Kawhi was really out. Like he they plan he planned to be out and only uh, playing about sixty percent of the games for a reason so that he does not have to uh, put more wear and tear on his body. And he was still limping limping through the playoffs. It was quite still amazing how he limped through the playoffs and and did it like that. But he still limped through the playoffs, still being partially injured. Yes, that that is true, but that's only a, a recent thing. I feel like LeBron James he he started that earlier mm-hmm. than um, Kawhi Leonard did. Nah, I think I LeBron James yeah. laid laid out a a pretty good path that every player is following after, as far as load management, teaming up, and all the things that we see in the current NBA. No, the, the teaming up has been happening. That's not even uh, like. Actually, LeBron actually has his best players he's ever had currently. He has well, never had a play a player like AD uh, to compliment. I know you might say Kyrie or Wade, but Wade was consistently hurt or not fully his uh, Wade self. And not in those Kyrie, first two years. <laughs> he, he kept being hurt here and there. Not like, in those he, first he, two years. I say playoffs, he was there. He was there during the playoffs, but I'm saying it was always a little bit of a worry with uh, Wade. Uh, we're far, far, far off. Uh, <laughs> but when I say, I, I, I still think the Lakers are going to win the, uh, the Battle of L.A. because they have AD, and I think Cousins is really going to come in to be a very big surprise because they've already played together. That was pre-Achilles tendon injury. And at this point, I feel like DeMarcus Cousins, he's going to be good, but only in short amounts when, when it really comes up in the playoffs. When it came to last season, he, he averaged 18, 4, and 5. And that was off an injury. Like, if you give an 18, you're doing what Kevin Love was doing. Now I understand yeah. you gotta give me more. You gotta give me more rebounds. And you gotta you gotta get. But that that comes along with being like he has a whole summer to feel like he gotta prove people wrong. Um, because he's already was along with that when he went to go to state and that whole proving people wrong. And he bet, he made big progress, but I think that trip ain't over on proving people wrong. Winning a championship and being a part of a championship is really gonna prove that. Yes. Um... That I I don't know I don't know I I did say yes but I don't know we'll, we'll have we'll have to see um I I'm still not sure of how he's gonna be able to play with uh, the Lakers it's it's really gonna be up to him I don't know and okay so and just to kind of draw it in do you think that the Clippers gave away too much to get PG yes they did. <laughs> they did. Yes, yes. <laughs> and the the Thunder, they really could come out on top in this trade. And they definitely did the best that they got the best outcome for their situation. 
Yeah. And moving forward from here, they're going on to a, a full-on rebuild. So yeah. you just got to get Westbrook out of there, which I'm excited about. I'm I don't feel any type of malcontent towards the Thunder. I, yeah, I, I'm I looking forward to this. I think Russ is also looking forward to it because I think he actually was probably sitting on the sidelines like, dang, everybody getting to play. Why don't I get to play uh, when it comes to the free agency? <laughs> you know, <laughs> when it comes to free agency, because it, it didn't look like anything was changing for OKC. Like, I, even in a past episode, I was really wondering why OKC has made no moves to get make some type of progress. Now, I see rebuild mode is really good for them right now because it, this is really the segue into the next thing, which is with PG going to the Clippers and this leaving Russ in the win, uh, does current, uh, what team does uh, fits best for Westbrook? Which one do you feel it fits in best? It's, it's, a, it's really hard to say. For me, the team that probably fits the best that hasn't been mentioned is the San Antonio Spurs. Now, I don't know how they could get him onto the team as far as the contracts and what the San Antonio Spurs would have to give up. But I feel like that would be the perfect situation for him to go to extend his career and maybe even make a deep run into the playoffs. That's funny because I've actually heard that opinion a little bit early with only one person I've actually uh, discussed it with was the Spurs. And I, that's not something I had in my mind at all. My first thoughts were Miami because Jimmy Butler's by them by himself right now when it comes to superstardom in Miami. Why not gang up? Because everybody's tooled up this year. It's the duo squad. There's no more super teams, but there's duos. Uh, so, and, and not just Miami. There's some multiple teams I think he will really fit well with. Uh, also, like the Detroit Pistons, they really want uh, him because then they can pair him up with Blake Griffin. And then you got the Orlando Magic because they have a great young squad. And I, like I said before, they did very great after the uh, All-Star break this past year. Yes, all that stuff is true. But how does how does he fit in with the Pistons when they just got Derrick Rose? True. I was thinking the same thing, but I guess they're saying we can have two big names in the backcourt, and just in case Derrick Rose doesn't work out, we have Westbrook. Uh, that, that's not going to work. <laughs> Those two I, I, on the I, same team. No, well, it's I, not. I think I think they're trying to do it. Like we we Rose doesn't think that's his team. As a matter of fact, it, it's debatable on whose team it is anyway. And maybe it's Blake's, maybe it's not. Uh, but I don't think anybody, any single player has a hold of that team. West, West Westbrook could come in and make it his team. Yes, I, I agree with that. If Russell Westbrook gets on the Detroit Pistons, I'm pretty sure they would hand the keys over to Westbrook. Oh, yeah. Try to get as far as they can. And we've also heard about the Rockets being interested. Now, that's even... That's stupid trickier right there <laughs> because such a stupid, how, how, uh, suggestion. How, but go, go how yeah. does Russell Westbrook and James Harden fit together I, I'm not sure it's <laughs> they ha- handle the ball the most out of anybody in the NBA yes definitely right by the numbers you're exactly right I think uh, Harden was number one and Westbrook was number two last year literally by the numbers they turnover are. city <laughs> <laughs> Come on, exactly. Like they've 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 been down this road, and that's back when Harden didn't know he had 
the super saiyan in him he has <laughs> but uh no there's no way that's that would have actually worked that just doesn't make any sense to me why would you put so many crazy dominant personalities all on one team that just it just doesn't make sense well i i feel like those two you know they haven't played together in a while but i feel like they will be able to handle the personalities i don't know about the play style if well, anything the only Go ahead. If, if anything, the way that it works out is Westbrook has to be the one who handles the ball because he is the worst shooter of them. And I feel like James Harden could probably play off the ball more. That's the only way I see it. I would say you have to kick out uh, Chris Paul if you're going to do that. Oh, Today. yeah. I, in this scenario, Chris Paul is actually traded. They, oh, okay. He's I'll definitely not on sure. the team. Okay, no, he's sure. not on the team. Because that, that just didn't look right. I just imagining them three and try, behind the three-point line uh, in a game together. But it's, it's really going to be hard to get his contract moved because Westbrook does have a four-year, $171 million, uh, deal still in line that he actually needs to play out. But he's already given uh, OKC the OK to trade him he's actually cool with it everything is very cool and mutual but how do you feel about pg requesting the trade and how does this look on westbrook's legacy well for paul george i feel like he did what's best for him he saw a chance and he took it it's like whenever you get a job offer that offers you more money and a better opportunity you take it you know, you might feel great with the staff that you were working with at the time, but, you know, more money, better opportunity. Why not True. take it? That's True. the way I see it. I really hear but, you. At, but but as far as the legacy of Westbrook, you know, the, those same haters going to come through and say, you know, nothing but a stat, stat pattern mm-hmm. and a ball <laughs> hog. But, you know, I disagree. He is still one of the best players in the league. Um I don't think it's all his fault. It is some of his fault, of course, but it's not all of his fault. Um, those same players play a role in this. And I, I think he he will still do good wherever he goes. Yeah, I I, I think so, too, when it comes to uh, – you're talking about Westbrook, correct? Yes, I'm talking about Westbrook. Okay, okay, yes. I, I, I definitely feel the same way. Uh, now – um, PG that's up in the air because they have to they have to coordinate things. They, maybe it takes them a year to really coordinate things. How uh, LeBron and uh, uh, Wade had to in at, at Miami, but uh, I think this looks bad on his legacy overall. And I really feel bad for Westbrook. I never disliked Westbrook. Uh, if anything, I would dislike KD over, of course, Westbrook. But <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, I think it looks it still looks bad because two very big players uh have said they can't work with you. They, they he he one he's one year into a deal he just signed and he's requesting to ship off. And I hear you when it comes to the PG grabbing the better opportunity, but he was just last year talking about how he doesn't need to go somewhere and chase a ring or go different places to assemble and get a ring. But he's now doing it. I guess he wanted to partake just like the other people. Well, I also think that the injuries that they had at the end of the season played a role in this. 
Because if you look before the All-Star break, they were doing great. It was yeah. after the All-Star break, whenever Paul George, he had these shoulders that was really messing him up. People forget that, you know, he was an MVP, MVP conversation. And he was having the best year that he's ever had. It wasn't really until those shoulder injuries where the team started lacking and everything just kind of... I think they only went 500 after the All-Star break, which really mm-hmm. brought them down in the standings. So their injury, that injury really derailed them. And I yeah. feel like they, they played together really well. They did. They At least this year, they did. I think they did mesh uh, pretty well. And uh, I can't fully say that it was his shoulders because – I think he was performing just enough, but uh, you know, Dame Dad, uh, Dame Dollar, uh, Damian Lillard hit the hit the one of the most iconic shots. Other uh, other than the Kawhi shot, the second most iconic shot of the playoff with the bye bye, shoot the three in your face, game's over, and Paul Joy's face, and it was a really good contest. Uh, so it's hard because I do remember Russ not playing well. That's really was the issue. PG was playing well. Russ didn't play well in that series. I I agree. This that was probably his worst played series in a very long score. time. For some reason, he just couldn't score. It was it was weird. Yeah. I, I, well, as we saw after the final, well after this uh, season, mm-hmm. he had problems too. He had uh, some injuries that was never talked about, and they well, both had surgeries. I guess that's why they are talking about shortening these seasons. Like, uh, I don't, I, I don't know what it is uh, with modern medicine and everything. We're actually needing to shorten these years. I, I just don't fully get it. I don't fully get it. Uh, but I don't deny that they do. They are taking wear and tear to their body, and. It just shows how LeBron is a is a miracle athlete because the only time he's been significantly hurt was last year. That is true, and he is very durable, uh, very. LeBron James. Yeah, but and I, I think that have... might make them actually last the longest this year. And LeBron is coming for a good revenge because they, everybody's counting them out as not the best. And this is finally the time he is actually the underdog. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Underdog, I, I don't know about that. I, I'm talking about underdog and the race for being the best in the world. It is not un, undisputed now that he's the best in the world. A lot of people will argue it different. Okay, yeah, I, I can see That's that. What I, yeah. I'm saying in the overall there. Yeah, definitely. Um, there, people are saying that Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard and maybe even Giannis True. are exactly. the better players in the league. But I, I still have to go with LeBron James right now. We got to see something different from him as far yeah. as a full season. If he's not able to live up to what we've seen before and other players are looking better, then you can probably concede that LeBron James isn't the best player anymore. Yeah, well, and, and his, this, this year is his year. It, this has to be the year. He has to win one this year. If 
it's just really lined up to where it has to be this year because they gave away so much to get Anthony Davis, where after this year, he probably would have gotten there anyway. Uh, it's, it's just, it's waning on in the rest of his uh, career. Uh, it, it's, it's certain things that are in play and lined up where there's no super team out there for him not to be uh, denied. If anything, they're right next door. Yes. Well, really in the same arena. <laughs> in the same arena. Oh, they're in the same arena, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, they can go and literally knock on the next door. I'm not, I mean, really meant next door. I really meant next door. Like, oh, okay, for real, for yes. <laughs> like, in actually, the, in the next dressing door. Room. Like, they can literally walk over. But, uh, like, just to kind of give you a layout of the new NBA, and it's really like a duo slash uh, a little bit lesser player type of league now. Uh, I'm going to give you... Now, Philly has Al Horford, Joel Embiid, uh, also Ben Simmons, and uh, Tobias Harris. They've signed, along with a good couple of other uh, players. So they're really, they're, they're very tall. Like, their shortest player is going to be 6'8 out of their starters, which is going to make them a very great defensive team. Um, just their issue is the shooting by their point guard, Ben Simmons. Uh, now, Lakers have Anthony Davis, uh, Cousins, LeBron, Kuzma, Danny Green, along with a couple of uh, an assortment of players, which actually begs a difference on who's actually going to be starting, and which is a good problem to have. And then you have the Clippers with Kawhi, Paul George, Lou Williams, and Patrick Beverly, just to name a few. And then you actually have to count in Doc Rivers, the coach, as an additional player because his mind is a very big asset to the team. Now, the Nets, they've become now the old story. Yeah, but now they have Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and uh, DeAndre Jordan, along with some complimentary players who have all averaged at least 20 points last season. Uh, the Celtics have Kemba, jo- uh, Jalen Brown, along with Tatum. Uh, now they've become a, actually a young team and slightly forgettable. Um, Rockets look the same, and I know they're looking to switch up. Uh, a lot, now you have uh, Milwaukee, and they just added on Giannis, Giannis's brother, actually, uh, which is going to be a crazy thing to even see because I want to see whether they both play exactly like each other along with Middleton. And you have Portland with Dam- Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. Uh, uh, Dallas, sorry, uh, the Jazz have Mike Conley along with, uh, I can't remember the other player right now. Donovan Pistons Mitchell. Have, there you go, Donovan Mitchell, exactly. Uh, and Pistons have Derrick Rose along with Blake Griffin. Uh, and the Nuggets have tooled up along with the Heat have Jimmy Butler. Pelicans have Zion and the young crew, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, J.J. Redick. Uh, the Raptors, they literally have nothing new. They have the same old team without Kawhi. And then you have Golden State with D'Angelo Russell, Curry, no clay, but only temporarily, and Draymond Green. Now, that's the new NBA that is in front of us. Uh, but... Like, how do you really feel about these new matchups and how this this new NBA uh, landscape looks like? Well, I feel like this will be, I guess, still top heavy. (laughs) (laughs) All of the best teams are still in the West. There's still probably like three or four good teams in the East. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. We still have to see how all of free agency well, uh, comes out, you- especially with Westbrook. I'll give you some East teams so you can go in and discuss them real quick. Philly, uh, the Nets, Celtics, Milwaukee, uh, the Pistons, 
Maybe the Heat, depending on if they get uh, Russell Westbrook, which I do really hope he goes to the East so he can benefit off that. But And maybe the Raptors. Maybe. You know, they might make the conference finals. <laughs> uh, conference finals? I don't know about that. Yeah, they they do it anyway. They they That's their normal. Their normal is conference finals. But that's when they had, uh, what's his name that went to the Spurs? Uh, DeMar DeRozan. They DeMar have DeRozan. They don't have. You're right. They don't have Kawhi or Demar Derozan, so I don't see how that happens. I, you're right. I, I don't know, but it's very weak East, so I don't know what will happen. <laughs> I, I don't think the Bucks or the 76ers will let that happen. Not with that Toronto team. Okay, so with these new power teams formed uh, in the past week. Uh, which out of the 10 top players has the most riding on their legacy with these new duos? And I'm going to give you the top 10 players. Uh, Kawhi, LeBron, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Steph Curry, Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, Joel Embiid, and Kyrie Overeem. Who do you think has the most riding on their legacy individually? It's got to be LeBron James. I mean, all those other players have a pretty good case for their legacy being at the top as far as importance, but it's, it's LeBron James. He has to win a championship for the Lakers. That's what he was brought to the Lakers for. He has to become one of the Laker greats or it'll all be a failure. I'm not sure if it'll be a huge stain on his career, but it'll be a little bit. People will always hold that against them. I, I agree, and they they probably wouldn't never love him as much as they love Kobe in that area. I would definitely agree, but I think the pressure and uh, the the players who have it more riding on their legacy would be Kevin Durant because we know that if he didn't make that choice to join an already stacked team, he might not have a ring right now because Golden State still exists without him at that time. So that means no rings. But and then uh, you have James Harden, who is the person who just cannot make it over the hump in the playoffs. And I would also say Steph Curry a little bit, just because I don't know he don't have as much to prove. Actually, I'm gonna take him out of the race. <laughs> he is like I said, he he cemented. It's a, he's got all good. Yeah. Um, so I'm saying on. Kevin Durant or James Harden. <sighs> Going to Kevin Durant next year, you you not really can't year. play him into year. that. I'm talking about in general their legacy. Whether with this duo starting up, these super teams, whether whatever, how many years? Let's say a four year pattern because most of them have four years left on their uh, deal, and it's all new setups for about four years here, uh, or a little bit less. Out of these new teams, who individually has the most riding on their legacy? For me, it's still LeBron James. I, okay. I, don't, I, I don't see for Kevin Durant. Um, I can. I only think that if he wins more rings, this will just help his legacy even more. I don't think his legacy can go down from here. <laughs> and uh, I, 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 I can't fully agree. I can agree. I definitely can agree because I know <laughs> it is large pressure on LeBron and being in a, a, a very um, historic franchise when it comes to the Lakers. Um, but I still say it's going to be Kevin Durant, and we'll probably just keep differing on that. But I'll move it on. 
Uh, now, to keep talking about, to keep the subject still on legacy, uh, it is now out that Golden State is going to also retire Andre Iguodala's jersey, along with Kevin Durant. Uh, is that, it's crazy. I feel that, uh, well, I'm going to ask the question. Is Golden State getting out of hand with, with, with retiring jerseys? Are they retiring, like, next season? Oh, did nobody else is supposed to wear it again, type, from this point on. <laughs> yeah, this it's a little bit much. You don't have to do it this soon, or even announce it. He's yeah. gone. He's not coming back. Leave it alone. <laughs> I, swear, I swear, Golden State's on a farewell tour super early over here. Like, they're, they're like, already, uh, like, looking back to the old days already. That's what it makes me feel like. Like, they're just, they keep looking back at the old days like it wasn't literally a couple weeks ago. Yeah, he's he's not coming back. Just just let it go. You know, yeah. you messed up. But I, I also have a different question uh, pertaining to the same thing. Is it that they're retiring Iggy's uh, jersey because it was disrespectful that they would say that they would retire KD's first? I don't know. Uh, is that is that I, I is think, that why they're retiring Iggy's jersey? Because you know he was with there from with them longer, and he's the, also their only other uh, Finals MVP. Well, I think it's a combination of what you're saying, and also just they were a part of the championship teams that basically that's looked at as the best championship teams that they've ever had. So. It's I don't know it's it's all a combination of that really I think yeah but I I think they're playing uh, catch up here because I I really think since they were so quick to say that they would retire Kevin Durant's jersey when they haven't even retired the current uh, players jerseys they're they're great they had to at least ch- check it with Iggy because Iggy more than likely is never going to play for them again. Yeah, he he exited on a terrible note. They literally just traded him. But I feel like his there was already talks of trading him before he came out with all that stuff. That's why he probably just felt like he was just free to just say anything. And, and I think he's trying to go for the Robert Ori type of legacy because he's also looking at joining the Lakers also. That's their next target if they can get the Memphis Grizzlies to buy out uh, Iggy's contract, but they're actually looking to try to trade him. It's a lot going on in that area. But I'm actually going to move it along, but stay in the same subject of jersey numbers. Uh, Now, I guess with all the changes in the NBA, uh, you really, these players really want to have a completely new start. AD is now going to be wearing the number 23 for the Lakers. LeBron is going to return to the number six. But crazy out of nowhere, Kevin Durant had to make some news. He's now going to be swearing the number seven playing for the Nets. Do you think that the numbers changing is getting out of hand? Personally, I don't think this is news at all. Why is numbers any of any importance? It's just the jersey number. I'm, it's all about whoever wears the jersey, their name, not really the number. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I'm a. I'll say there's a. There is a little bit more into this. 
because one reason why they do change the number, because I'm, I'm gonna say talk to talk about it in a logical way and in a way I know they're currently doing it, and I'm gonna tell you how I actually feel when it comes to him wearing the number seven. Now, when it comes to the business way for the players, it's a boost of revenue. It's, it's so that you feel that if you're wearing their older jersey, even now, if you wore a Kevin Durant older jersey in at the Nets game, you're going to have the wrong number and you're going to have the wrong team. So it boosts the sales for your actual jersey, uh, which produces more money for your pockets. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a chain effect. Uh, LeBron also did that to switch up his 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 feel of uh, last season along with produce more money for him and Anthony Davis separately when it comes to jersey sales. Now, how I feel about it as a fan, I think Kevin Durant is a punk. He just wanted to one-up LeBron. Why in the world would he choose seven? Uh, I don't know. This <laughs> this whole conversation no is ridiculous. Would, no, there's literally no reason why he would choose seven. Like, he literally won up, literally with a one above six. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I, I think you're just reading too far into this. I don't I don't think. Well, I guess Kevin Durant is that petty. So yes. he might be just trying to one up him. But I, I don't think it's he really that important. He fell out of the news for a week. He thought he was the biggest story around. But we saw your, your move from miles away, which makes him old news. <laughs> Yeah, it, you know, his move wasn't even the biggest move. It was what Kawhi did. That exactly. was the biggest surprise. Yeah, yeah, I I'm, I really definitely agree. But we're going to move on to a new sport, uh, opening up to uh, a new thing with uh, UFC. Like I say in the beginning, many times, it's sometimes UFC. It just so happened to be a very great weekend for UFC for this 4th of July weekend. Now, we're going to cover the matchups and the outcomes of the major three fights. And those three fights were between John Bones Jones and T- uh, Tigo Santos. Uh, and then you have Amanda Nunes and Holly Holmes. And also uh, Ben Sakurin and George Macedal. Now, you might not know the last uh, two, but I'm a, trust me, you're going to want to go see the highlights when it comes to that last name. So I'm going to go ahead and start with the top fight, the uh, one that I, uh, the one that may, people may know the names of, with John Bones Jones and Tigo Santos. Uh, did you catch the review on those, and how did you feel about that game, uh, about that fight? Uh, oh, sorry, and just to say the results of the fight, um, John Bones Jones went, won and retains his lightweight, heavyweight uh, title but it actually was done at a split decision. So it was really like a tie, but he won, which I, I feel kind of iffy about. How, but how do you feel about it? Well, I feel like, you know, he defended his his belt, John Jones. Um, he didn't have his best fight. He He got tagged a few times, but he definitely didn't hold back. Like he, he tagged the other dude a, a good amount of times, too. But yeah, I feel like it's it's really the only reason that he probably won is because of his reputation. I, I couldn't help but feel exactly like that when I heard uh, what's the announcer for UFC? I can't remember his name right now, but uh, the announcer for UFC, uh, he he was saying that it was crazy to, to judge that fight any different way. 
Well, well, I would say different because Tiago, uh, Tigo Santos really came out really strong in the beginning. Now, halfway through, somewhere near the end, he did have a leg injury, and it looked like he might have torn his ACL. So he had real big trouble with uh, returning a whole lot of kicks and punches and not uh, getting hit in the end. Uh, but when it came to John, John Jones, he, he took a lot of hits from Santos, and they were strong hits. Yeah, um, really, like you were saying, the only thing that held Tiago Santos back was the his knee. I know yeah. they said that his knee buckled. When, oh yeah. When your knee when your knee does that, you have nothing. You feel like you have nothing under you, and if you try yeah. to plant on that leg, you're just gonna you're fall going straight to the ground. Yeah. And you're going that down. just spells defeat. If you fall straight to the ground, because John Jones is going to eat you alive if you do that. Yeah, he couldn't plant on the front foot. Uh, if you uh, look at the highlights, he's trying to plant down on it so they can possibly land a kick from the left side. And there's no it's nothing up under him. He can't feel what's under him. So he can't really feel like putting it down. Uh, but he's using the back leg to just stay standing. Uh, that's the way the kind of how it got to the end results, but I would say the fight was a whole lot closer, which I guess that's why they had a split decision, but I just don't understand why he still wins because there's a split decision. It's It was too much, uh, I guess, in mutual respect, but it was still a good fight. Yes, I agree. Um, John Jones won on reputation. Yes, I, I would say the, the same because it, it looks good for you, UFC. Uh, the fact that he... He gets. I think he. Uh, it's a, a certain amount of wins uh, that he was gonna. He was tied with a whole bunch of other uh, UFC fighters, and he would just be going getting above them with this win. I think they just to uh, say conspiracy, just to throw it out there, throw it in the wind. Uh, I think they said as long as you make it to the end and it's if close enough, you're gonna win. <laughs> Hey, if you don't get knocked out, yeah, if you don't get knocked out and you make it at least the distance, then you win. Because he really was not that aggressive for a takedown other than once in that fight. So just kind of move on to the next fight. uh, That would be Amanda Nunes and Holly Holmes. Now, Holly Holmes has uh, fought some really good uh, fighters. Like, she's lost. One of the biggest fights she lost was against Ronda Rousey during her big uh, time and at that time, Holly Holmes had was reigning supreme in the UFC. Now Amanda Nunes is not really really new on the scene, but she's she is the up and coming and now has cemented herself as the best female fighter out here, uh, erasing uh, Ronda Rousey because she was the one who originally knocked out Ronda Rousey. That would be Amanda Nunes. Uh, but when it comes to this fight, how did you feel about the outcome and the flow of the uh, fight between Holly Holmes and Amanda Nunes? Well, Amanda Nunes, she really got into her. She she did, really didn't hold back. Um, I, I think that Amanda Nunes is really good with her hands. Same with Holly Holmes. That's how yes. they were both able to defeat Ronda Rousey because Ronda Rousey always tried to put somebody in an arm bar and take mm-hmm. them out quickly. And both of their boxing skills are on the top level as far as UFC. I and agree. Amanda, Amanda Nunes, she really just just took over and <laughs> knocked her she, out. 
Yeah, she's she's quite elite. And I was heavily surprised with actually Holly Holm. She took some real big shots and was just still standing there like she was a brick wall. She was taking kicks to the chest and not budging. It, it, it was, Talk about it was a brick weird. wall. Yeah, and this is, I'm sorry, but I, I don't think of heavy strength when I think of a white female. I'm sorry to kind of think of it like that, but I'm just saying, I don't think of strength like that. And she was <laughs> she was taking them like the best of them. She was Hulk out there for a moment. Eating them. Yeah, eating them. But Amanda Nunes, it, it was overall a really good fight on this one, too. But it was the sidekicks uh, with Holly Holmes. She was heavily predictable after a certain point. I guess that's what happens when you're tired. You do what you know. But that's actually what got her in trouble because Amanda Nunes lands a kick to the face, which knocks her out. And uh, Amanda Nunes wins the uh, KO uh, with that kick. Yes. And are, are we moving on to the next one? Well, well, okay, we, yeah, we can move on, but I really think that now she has cemented herself as the uh, best fighter out here. Uh, there's not anyone else touching her currently when it comes to Amanda Nunes uh, by wins and her intensity at this moment. Uh, but to move on to the last fight, which, which is some names you're probably not going to know, but I'm, trust me, you're going to want to go back and watch the highlights for this one. This is a fight between... Uh, ben Curran and George Macedal. I might be murdering the names, but trust me, <laughs> it w- it's worth a watch. Now, okay, just uh, to reset the names, I think it's Jorge Masvidal oh, you're and right. Ben Askren. You know, I, I get it wrong when it comes to the J's, and you know, okay, go ahead. Yeah, you're right, <laughs> but <laughs> but. It is crazy the outcome on this one. Now, uh, they got Ben as Corinne. Uh, now, he talked a whole lot of, I'll just say it, he talked a lot of shit uh, when it came to, <laughs> to um, uh, Macedon. Now, and Macedon was just so ready to whoop his ass. Now, <laughs> and we all didn't even know how ready he was. This was a five second fight. Five second fight. He literally bum rushed him and hit him with a flying knee to the head and knocked him completely out. It is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Yeah, he was done. Uh, That's really unbelievable. He just literally just obliterated him. This guy can't get up and talk anymore after this, at least not for a long time. Oh, no, not at all. He literally, actually, I watched his interview about him viewing his, uh, the knockout. Like, he's literally walking around and people trying to show him the knockout. And he said, he looked at it one time, it was after the fight, shortly after the fight, that same night. And he looked at another person showing him, him getting knocked out. And the, uh, the post had 9 million views at that point. He, he said he couldn't even believe how much exposure uh, his knockout was. He said I, he talked a lot of crap. And now he's going to get a, a chance at the top belt when it comes to Masvidal. Uh, yeah, Masvidal, he's yeah. going to be a pretty good um, draw to UFC as far yes. as, you know, that, that big giant hit that he had on oh. Ben Askren. Five seconds? He, yeah. Five seconds. I mean, what what weight class is that? I'm not sure. 
I don't know, but it it didn't matter. Like we didn't we didn't have enough time to understand anything. We didn't we didn't have enough time to read their names, uh, much less uh, take in that he was about to just literally come straight out and throw one attempt and land it. Yeah, that's like video game type of um, levels of strength. That's 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 that is cheat codes. That is absolute cheat codes. If you can hit them once and it's over. Yeah. Um, the reason why I'm asking about the weight class is to see if he would qualify as far as going against John Jones. So well, I, I'm not sure. That's what I want to see. To talk about that, because I really didn't, because John Jones was really one of my favorite uh, fighters, because he's had crazy knockouts. Not fully similar to that five-second knockout, because that's just unheard of, but very close to it, like within seconds of a knockout. Uh, he's done that before. He looks slightly like a shell of himself in a way. He, he's been better. In, in his prime, he would have possibly found a better way to knock out uh, Santos. Uh, but uh, eh, yeah, I, I don't think they're in the same weight class at all. Okay, it's unfortunate, but I think I did hear something about John Jones moving up a weight class. I don't know if that's good or bad for him. I don't know, but he definitely had to get carried out of the ring along with his opponent Santos because you know his uh, they say his towards ACL when it comes to Santos. Uh, but John Jones also got carried out of the ring. Uh, yesterday, so I guess there was no winners and no losers. Eh. But <laughs> uh, to move on to some big winners and some underappreciated winners at that. Uh, now the U.S. women's soccer has become a powerhouse. They have now won back-to-back FIFA World Cups, and we really don't give it much exposure in the uh, in the U.S. Even though that is our team, we even know they are good. Uh, we don't put much support in them as our other sports. Now, they've won that second cup, and they played against uh, the U.S. played against the Netherlands 2-0. As much as they are a powerhouse, it actually was a hard-fought championship because both of their goalies were hurt. Now, you would say they were dominant because when it comes to the other teams, they in total, all of the, the games they played, which I think it was five, only five, it was five games, Teams scored exactly three goals in all of the games put together, three goals. But in this last championship for the World Cup, uh, the they kept switching in players, and it really was a hard matchup, and they won 2-0. Uh, but just to kind of give a nice good question, to give a little bit of more appreciation to this, uh, to the women's U.S. soccer, do you think the U.S. will ever have the love and support for women's soccer like we do for the NBA and the NFL. Wow. Um, no, I don't think so. Ooh. Even you play. I mean, just, just I mean, just just look at how they are now. They have been at the top of the 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 soccer world for for women for at least the last five Decade? or six years. No longer yeah. than that. Um. And we still not giving them enough attention and shine, and it's it's just not going to change. And I feel like these other uh, countries, they're only going to get better because Look, they're the just starting is, their women's teams. Look, the thing about it is they actually tend to be better. Uh, this is not a, 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 a 
a country of dominant sports, soccer players, they, they are generally exposed to it more. That's why their males tend to be just better than the other U.S. teams. It's, our U.S. men's team are a joke, but they get paid a whole lot more than the U.S. women's team. And the U.S. women's team is amazing, which is a great feat against the world. These countries are very good, even if it's female when it comes to soccer. Yeah, but I think these these other countries, their women's teams are just starting up and they're going to only get better. I can see now because they might not have had support before and they only had focus on the men, just like the U.S. has have done with their prize uh, soccer team. But uh, to kind of share a we're going to go out on a light note here. The crowd was actually out there screaming equal pay at the <laughs> celebration of them winning the World Cup. Seriously, at the World Ceremony. They were screaming uh, out equal pay, equal pay. And okay. Like the U.S. soccer team does have a big big battle in front of them because they should be making a whole lot more money than they are when they are pulling in revenue. It's, it's kind of similar to the NCAA and when it comes to these college kids and how they don't actually get money for how much they're uh, pushing out for uh, the people who benefit off of the product. Uh, but um, well, wait, I, long... I, got a, I got a point to make. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. But for a better analogy, as far as equal pay, mm-hmm. I feel like the NBA and the WNBA is that yes. is that analogy. But you also have to look at who is watching. That's how you get your money. Yeah, if true. if the people aren't consuming the product, then you're not going to get more money. So all those people saying equal pay, tell all those other Americans and people around the world to watch the women's teams more so they can get paid more. If people aren't watching, they're not going to get paid more. I must agree. That is the, the, the catch 22 to the situation because that is very, that's a big issue in the WNBA versus the NBA because the WNBA is, is ridiculous what they get paid compared to the NBA players about millions versus hundreds of thousands. And these hundreds of thousands are getting taxed heavily when it comes to the female players who even have shorter careers. Uh, but it does go off of viewership. But their point is that you're just not promoting them enough to be consumed. The talent is there. It's just not being shared. Tell all those people in the U.S., around the U.S. and around the world to go and consume the product so they can get paid more. Okay. Yeah, I definitely agree, and I, I really do advocate for that. I have a daughter myself, I and that's not the only reason why I advocate for that. I really do think these WNBA players should be exposed out a little bit more because I think they do have talent there, but I don't get to see it on a normal basis, on a general basis, that it I can't even consume it. If it's not easy to consume, the U.S. is not going to take the effort to to see it unless it's their major sports. Uh, but to end it out, congratulations to the U.S. soccer team. You all do deserve everything you're owed. Uh, but we're going to move on and end it there. And this has been So You Think You Know Sports 
We're going to move on to the trivia part. Uh, this is going to be three questions. Um, each one will be multiple choice. Your guess is about as good as mine. I don't exactly know what the shit subject matter is going to be today, but I do hope to get them right. So guess along with me. You're going to get some time. Go ahead, Muhammad, with the first question. All right. First question. Which of the following NFL teams has not made the playoffs in the past five years? A, Arizona Cardinals, B, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or C, Detroit Lions? Ooh. And you said several seasons? The last five seasons. Five seasons. It does make it a little hard, but I do remember football a little bit more on this one. I didn't expect football, but hey, I'm down for it. <laughs> uh, go ahead and repeat the question and answer. Wow. Which of the following NFL teams has not made the playoffs in the past five years? A, Arizona Cardinals, B, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or C, Detroit Lions? And just to start thinking it through, I, th- I feel like the Cardinals have been in the playoffs. It's, they, they're not that sucky. And I know why he chose those type of teams, because they haven't had a great track record in the past couple of years. It's just about how long have they been that bad. <laughs> so um, uh, I'll give you about uh, – well, well, go ahead and repeat the question and answer, and then I'll go ahead and answer it out. Okay. Which of the following NFL teams has not made the playoffs in the past five years? A, Arizona Cardinals, B, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or C, Detroit Lions? All right. So he's repeated it three times, and I'm going to go ahead and try to take my guess. I'm still going to have to kind of think this one through. I don't think it's the Cardinals. They've been good enough, I think, to at least made the playoffs once, if not twice in the past five years. Uh, Tampa Bay, that's arguable. And I know the Detroit Lions, they just tend to be a disgrace. Um, But I'm going to go ahead and go with the Detroit Lions. That is wrong. Oh, it's Tampa Bay, isn't it? Yes, it is Tampa uh, Bay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I had more faith in Jameis. I thought maybe one of these years he uh, made it in, but dang. no, no, uh, they have not made the playoffs in a very long time. Wow, it is a tough conference, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I thought they would slip one in there. As far as the Detroit Lions, mm-hmm. the last time they made the playoffs was in 2014 against the Dallas Cowboys. So almost exactly five years ago. So <laughs> that did yes. make it hard. <laughs> uh, but go ahead and go with this uh, second question. Which of the following NBA players was a college teammate of Joel Embiid? A, Andrew Wiggins, B, Julius Randle, or C, Aaron Gordon? See, that's hard because I'm still kind of struggling to remember to remember what team Joel and B was on in college. Uh, I know he had difficulty really starting up in the NBA. He had a lot of injuries. He's gotten good now, but it's that's still a hard question. Do I never repeat the question and answer again for him? 
which of the following NBA players was a college teammate of Joel Embiid? A, Andrew Wiggins, B, Julius Randle, or C, Aaron Gordon? That's really hard. Like, <laughs> it's going to be about as good as this. Oh, man. I might go. Uh, hopefully not over on this here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, good. One, one last time, and I'll go ahead and answer. Which of the following NBA players was a college teammate of Joel Embiid? A, Andrew Wiggins. B, Julius Randle. Or C, Aaron Gordon. Okay. Can you make it a little bit easier? Can you tell me at least what college he played for? He played for Kansas. Kansas. Oh, okay. That Because I would have never guessed Kansas. That makes it a little bit better. Okay. Uh, but I don't, I'm pretty sure Andrew Wiggins didn't play for Kansas. Uh it could possibly be Aaron Gordon, but I think it's Julius Randle. Julius Randle. That is wrong. Oh, <laughs> it's actually Andrew Wiggins. It is. Yes. Wow! Wow! wow. I'm far off. I, I was off by the beginning. But <laughs> let's go to go to the last question. Hopefully, I get this one right. Which of the following UFC fighters? is on the cover of the first EA UFC video game. A, Conor McGregor, B, John Jones, or C, Ronda Rousey? Mm. Uh, I really don't think it's uh, Conor McGregor. I don't think he, I think he's too new. For all of that. But uh, go ahead and repeat the question and answer again for him. Which of the following UFC fighters is on the cover of the first EA UFC video game? A. Conor McGregor. B. John Jones. Or C. Ronda Rousey. Now, just to, you know, help you out just a tiny bit. There's mm-hmm. been three UFC video games. And they've probably all been on those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> give me the best guess. Uh, well, I'll give them a couple, a uh, little time here, but you're going to repeat the uh, question and answer. I'm going to answer, and then we're going to meet you on the other side uh, next week on Wednesday, where we'll air our next episode. We'll move into uh, different sports, you know, West, Russell Westbrook might be on a different team. Some other bonds might be let off in the NBA world, maybe even the NFL. Uh, but go ahead and repeat the question and answer for him again. Which of the following UFC fighters is on the cover of the first EA UFC video game? A, Conor McGregor, B, John Jones, or C, Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Uh, this is gonna be hard. Cause I bet you all of them been on the on the uh the cover. Oh my god. 
Now, I'm John. I would really say John Jones, but I'm not putting my official answer here. Uh, oh man. Uh, give it your best guess. I, I'm I'm gonna give it my best guess, and I'm gonna say John Jones, Bone Jones. That is correct. Ah! <laughs> Ooh, savior. Yeah, you've been getting a lot wrong lately. <laughs> well, he's a kind of hard. <laughs> I guess I'll do I don't know. <laughs> it depends. It depends if you just know the information. But uh, we definitely did have a lot of information. We had a lot of fun. And we're going to meet you next week on Wednesday. I'm not sure the, day, uh, the actual date. But we'll meet you next Wednesday. And this has been So You Think You Know Sports. Good night. <laughs>